Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick, and today we will be talking about what it means to choose according to your conscience. In what sense could our judgment be erroneous or wrong? And how is all this connected to our upcoming celebration of Christmas? And to discuss all these topics today, I welcome... Father John of God, as he is a priest of Miles Christi, born in San Luis, Argentina, and he was ordained in April 2016. He is now in our community of Miles Christi in Michigan, and is uh, during all these years, he has preached countless retreats, missions, helped with hundreds of people through spiritual direction and confession, and he's formator of our students here in our House of Formation in South Lyon, Michigan. Father John of God, how are you doing? Welcome. Very, very good, Father Patrick. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. How are you enjoying this winter in Michigan? Well, enjoying it. Yes, good. <laughs> sort it's of good. enjoying it. Yes. Uh, actually, we had snow coming two days ago, so that's great. Uh, it's beautiful to have the snow plus the cold. So, right. yeah, enjoying so far. You have to kind of stay indoors. Yeah. Ho- ho- hopefully, we get a white Christmas yes, this year. Yes, that would be great. And are you? what are you up to these days? Well, we are... Uh, Preparing Christmas, of course, uh-huh. uh, all the celebrations, and especially we are um, getting ready for our Christmas dinner, uh, the 28th, which uh, is the big dinner with the families that we do. So, and everyone also can uh, register for that or attend if they want uh, to that um, Christmas dinner of Midas Christi in Michigan here, the 28th, December 28th. Yes, we have many people join so far, so please So there's do. a choir. And there is a choir, and I'm wow. in charge of putting together the choir. Um, so we are, a, for every, you know, every year we invite our friends who sing, and we prepare some um, parts, some voices for some of the Christmas carols uh, before singing with the community. Beautiful. So that's nice, yes. That's great, that's great. Well, thank you very much for doing that, and I hope it goes very well. Thank you, Father. What are you up to, Father? I'm I'm doing well. I'm also preparing for Christmas this Advent, and uh, we were preaching retreats. So the last weekend we had a retreat in in upstate New York for men, and uh, it was interesting because I as I was crossing but going through security, uh, lately I've always gone, gotten uh, caught, let's say, by the security people. Uh, they they ask to remove and investigate what I have in my in my carry on, and it typically is the Bible that they check, they, they think it's suspicious, the Bible. This is some, and, some drugs. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible and the, and the bravery, for some reason, because they're books, and apparently the, the X-ray machine mm. looks, sees it as a black square thing. Right. So they want to check what it is, right? So I decided already about, about a month ago that I would always remove it from my carry-on and set it apart so that they can see it's a book. Not only, and the x-ray will check it, will see it as a black thing, but then they see it, oh, it's a book. Mm. Um, so then I, this year, this time, on uh, before the retreat, I was going uh, through security, so I, I removed the Bible, and uh, this gentleman that is in security uh, looks and, oh, what is that? And said, it's, a, it's a Bible, and the people are behind me, right? So they're all, I'm dressed as a priest, of course, and people behind me ch- look listening in and what's going on, you know? Right. And oh, it's a Bible and the guy asked me, uh, oh, what, what, uh, can I take a look at it? So uh, he looks at it and it's like the Ignatius Press Bible, right? Uh-huh. Uh, which is a very good version, the, the Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition. Mm-hmm. So he says, oh, I, I think I have the same one, uh, but, but it's different. No, yeah, but this is the, the 
uh, RSV Second Catholic Edition. Oh yeah, yeah, but but I have the I have a, a bigger one. Oh, you must have the Ignatius uh, Study Bible. Yeah, that's the one I have. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so then I asked him, "Are you Catholic?" Yeah, so he's Catholic. So okay, well, thank you very much. Oh, right, it was great. Nice. This good conversation, biblical conversation mm. about the versions of the Bible as Incredible. we were getting ready to get into security. So it was great, great opportunity for evangelizing. Yeah, yeah, and I was surprised that he was, uh, you know, Catholic and willing to talk about his yeah. faith, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, awesome. uh, so that's what we're doing these days. So now coming to the theme of this episode. Uh, in our previous episodes, we spoke about how our conscience is a judgment of our reason that judges uh, whether we're doing the right thing or the wrong thing according to the law of God that he has inscribed in our, in our hearts and in our minds. Uh, so we spoke about how it not only assesses or uh, judges or weighs our future actions, but it also uh, weighs what we are doing at the present moment and also the actions that we have already done, right? And in that sense, when we go on these retreats, many people remember the things that they have done, right? And it's a good thing to clarify with our conscience and before God whether we did the right thing or the wrong thing. So in, in that sense, uh, I run into so many people that are weighed down, right, by their past actions because their conscience precisely reminds them of the evil things they have done in previous years. So I think I, it has a lot to do also with this Advent season, because one of the th things that St. John the Baptist uh, does uh, as he announced the coming of the Messiah is to call us to prepare the way for the Lord, saying that all valleys shall be filled and all mountains shall be made level. And that means to repair one's evils, one's evil, past evil actions, right? the evil we have done, and to try to avoid doing evil in the future and convert, right? So for the coming of Christ. Anyway, so we spoke about how it is important to form our conscience so that it can be better, uh, a better guide for us in doing what is right. So I wanted to ask you, Father John of God, what is your take on, on how important it is to choose according to our conscience in order to do what is right? Uh, or if you want to put it in, in a simple question, why is it important to follow our conscience? Right. Um, okay, so as you said, it is very important because it's a gift given by God to us to discern what is good and what is bad. And it, it is the last tool that we have to choose. It's the mm -hmm. nearest to us. Right. Meaning we might know the laws, we might know exterior uh, things that are good and bad, but then um, we, um, at the moment of choosing, we have a voice that is telling us this is right or this is bad. And this is the voice of God in us that he give, gave us with, within our nature, right? Um, so that is why we must follow um, the judgment of our conscience when we know for certain that is something good or there, uh, there is something that is bad. So that would be like the voice of God, but not external voice of God. So it's a voice of God through uh, our own conscience, our own mind that God is kind of speaking to us to some extent right. or in some way. Right. So we can say that God speaks to us through our conscience, but not in a supernatural way, right? Or extraordinary way. Right, not in a, an extraordinary way. So the, the fact that al already we have our conscience and we are free, right? Uh, and we can choose good or avoid evil, 
um, is somehow given by God. So in that way, yes. And why is it important then to follow that conscience? Why why can't we say, okay, no, I don't, I choose not to follow that conscience? Well, because you are not, you will not be doing right. You will not uh, be um, choosing what is morally good. Mm. And with all that, so we, our freedom, our freedom, uh, is given to us to choose good. So we have a moral obligation of choosing what is good. So our freedom is not given to us to do whatever we want, right? Uh, but it is actually um, given to us to, to grow as human beings, uh, to, to grow in our, in our moral life, to be, more, to be freer. And, mm. and the way to do that is to always choosing good. Okay, so that is actually the the first principle that is um, the synthesis, as we said right, last time. Do, right. do what is right. And do what is right. What is and what is right. Right. Everybody knows that. Okay. Right. So um, everybody follows that. So and also, in a sense, if you don't follow your conscience, eventually your conscience will continue to remind you that you didn't do the right thing. Right. 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 Um. um Unless, unless you do it so many times and you choose wrongly so many times that in the end you deformed your conscience. You silenced right? it. Right. You silenced it or uh, you, did, you do it, you choose evil so many times that in the end it doesn't bother you that much. But I think that always, even a little bit, uh, you will have this voice uh, calling you back to the principle of good. Of good. Right, so I think in the end, ultimately, the conscience will be always uh, right to some extent. Right, and also, it is important to follow our conscience because the final judgment after death, in a sense, is our conscience telling us what was the right thing and what was the wrong thing and if we followed it or not, right? So kind of God will use that conscience for our judgment as well. Now, I had a second question um, that is um, referring to this, because we say we have to follow our conscience. Um, so the problem is that sometimes you hear people saying that when it comes down to your moral choices, kind of you have to follow, you have to choose following your conscience, uh, which is true, right? It's theoret theoretically true, uh, but I'm sometimes concerned that it might give the impression that you have to do whatever you personally think is correct uh, and again, that might be theoretically true, but it might be opening the door for some people to simply do whatever they want, right? Uh, or what they have, they have convinced themselves that is the right thing. So the question I have for you um, would be, is our moral conscience always right? Mm. Or is it, is it possible for our conscience to be wrong? In other words, um, is it possible to have an erroneous conscience? Right, and, and I think it's very important question and very important distinction, right? Because, um, of course, our conscience could be wrong, right? It could be wrong. So how, how does it happen? Ba basically, our conscience does not make the law. Our conscience does not decide what is good and what is evil. That is a privilege of God. So God is the one who uh, created things according to uh, nature and um, according to his being, right? So things are bad or evil in themselves. They're, um, the essential 
object of the moral truth, let's say, of things, is independent of our conscience. So there's 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 no relativism regarding moral uh, truth. There is an absolute truth that is God Himself. Absolutely, and that is so important, especially right. because um, basically the the problem many times of doing whatever you want is not so much a problem of conscience, but it is a problem of thinking that there is not a objective truth or ob objective good outside of ourselves. And right. we decide the good or the truth, right? Which is wrong. Oh, so there is, there is a, a external truth or good, uh, and we need to conform our consciences to that external truth. But it could happen that sometimes we remain ignorant uh, of that external truth, right? So um, there is, a, mm, for example, that's why you spoke about the importance of forming your conscience, because our conscience could be, could act or could judge according to that external good, to that objective truth, right? Or could ignore, for different reasons, could ignore that objective truth and judge erroneously according to a different principle. Now suppose that a person uh, is concerned, they don't want to have an erroneous conscience, so they ask you, how can I avoid having an erroneous conscience? Well, they need to study. The <laughs> I faith. mean, they need to, right, right. Form, form the faith. Um, you know, go to the catechism, ask um, uh, as a confessor, um, uh, a priest, if, if they are in doubt, right? They, that's why that's why kids basically are taught the faith, and together with the faith, they are taught morals, right? That's why they go to religion class. That's mm -hmm. why they go through the commandments. So basically, in our um, in our catechism, we have what is good and what is bad, and then okay, if you have some questions or doubts, you need to show interest in uh, studying, okay, what is good or what is bad. Mm. But, but it is very important um, that because actually there is a culture, there is a, a negligence many times in um, forming your conscience, right? right? Or starting, learning the faith, right? For example, so is sometimes there is ignorance regarding what is good and what is bad, mm -hmm. right? Um, it is the same of saying if a doctor, a heart doctor, for example, who uh, performs surgeries right, in heart, he would ignore um, the names of the muscles of the heart. Right, right. And he doesn't know what is the, I don't know. The function what, of each one of them. Right. So it, it is not good for that doctor to go to surgery, right, right uh, without knowing that, right? Um, or, 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 or a priest that goes to hear confessions uh, without not knowing the difference between mortal sin or venial sin. Right, right, right. right. Uh, so someone needs, must know, and it's supposed that that person will have studied, right, in a practical way, many cases, to be able to discern and to know for certain, without any doubts, what is good and what is evil, right? Right, perfect. Um, and it is important because uh, many times the uh, ignorance regarding uh, what is good or evil, right? Um, and the choice, the erroneous choice, is um, basically the person is responsible for, for it. Right. Right? Um, 
because they should have known, right? Because there are certain things that we should know. So if a priest doesn't know to give the formula of absolution for the for after confession for the sins, he can't claim. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't know that I the formula. I forgot what the words are. No, he should know. So there's a a certain ignorance that is culpable and a certain ignorance that is invincible. So if I don't need to know all the names of the different sections of the brain. Uh, as a priest, I don't need to exactly. know that. But so that's if I don't know that, well, it's not my responsibility to know that. But I do need to know the words of uh, the consecration at the mass. Right, right. right. And uh, you know, today you you find people that um, somehow they ignore that not going to mass on Sunday, um, being able to go. Right. They miss mass. They don't think it's that important. They don't know that there is a, an ecclesiastical law that says that it's a mortal sin, right? And you explain to them and to, you teach them, but there is something that nobody, not Catholic, should ignore because it's in the basics of, 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 of the faith of any Catholic, right? Um, uh, the same, there are, for example, some um, matrimonies that uh, ignore that, or Catholic matrimonies, right, that ignore that, contraception is uh, always wrong always wrong right. right and whenever you are doing preparation for matrimony uh, any priest any guide to the faith needs to teach you that that is not right right so there is an ignorance there that even though could um kind of justify you or um could not make the actions be a sin under that ignorance but it, you are guilty of it because you should know those things. Um, but there, there could be the case that there is an ignorance, as you said, Father, that is invincible, um, which means that for some reason, right, for some reason, you don't have the capabilities or you don't have the chances to, to know the truth. Um, and I'm thinking now about, for example, um, someone that was taught a kid that was taught um, that, for example, he could um, do... Um, or miss Mass on Sundays without a problem. Well, exactly. He could uh, miss uh, Mass. Uh, oh, no problem. Right. Whenever you have... If you don't feel like it, you can you can miss Mass. God right. understands. So then he was taught that once since he was a kid. Exactly. So later, it says, uh, until someone else tells him, hey, um, this is actually a grave. Uh, okay, so he, he doesn't have the way to... Um, overcome that ignorance. Right. right, a great example of invincible ignorance or an ignorance where one is not responsible for is the case of the um, uh, Father Desmet. He was a missionary priest in the Rocky Mountains and um, the natives, the Native Americans, some tribes that were there in the Rocky Mountains had heard that there was a black robe, that's how they called the priests, right? This is the 1700s. They, that would teach them the truth to eternal life. So they didn't know the truth because they were disconnected from, from the Catholic Church at that point, but they were interested in knowing the Catholic the, the truth to, to get to heaven. So they sent uh, a convoy, an envoy, to meet Father Desmet and bring him over, right? So they sent him, they sent them, and the way they were killed, right? So then they sent a second envoy to bring Father Desmet, and then they brought Father Desmet. So... All that time until Father Desmet was able to come and teach them the truth, 
they were open to the truth. They they wanted to embrace the truth. They just hadn't had the possibility yet to know it. Right. right? right. And God has that in into takes that into consideration when judging. He knows that these people were ignorant, but their ignorance was invincible. Right. Now today, knowing that there's a there's a magisterium of the church and there's the catechism and all the tradition of the church and the teachings of the church throughout the centuries, we have a, an opportunity to know those things, and that's where we have to take responsibility of knowing um, the faith and know how to I illustrate our conscience, mm -hmm. teach our conscience. Exactly. Very good. And then there's another thing that it's not only, uh, I think that it's not only when people are ignorant, but also sometimes when we, uh, you mentioned it, by, by repeated habit or consistent habit of sin, mm -hmm. we start to, we begin to justify the evil we want to do to the point of thinking or giving reasons of convincing ourselves that the sin that we're committing is a good thing, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, therefore, even sometimes giving theological reasons to to convince people or convince ourselves that what we're doing is right, right? Right. And so, in that case, that person is guilty of that evil, of course, right? Um, because he's trying to justify himself or herself. Right, right, right. All right, so... Um, now, is there anything else you wanted to share regarding uh, the ignorance or the choices or the uh, conscience that you wanted to say? Just uh, the fact that um, we said that when there is invincible ignorance, um, even though there is not an imputation of the guilt to that person, um, that is a disorder that doesn't um, take away the fact that it's not good, basically, right? right? So. Um, that's why we have an obligation to go again to the first point of continuously forming our conscience, right? To, um, it's not a task that uh, ends just when we are 10 years old or 15 years old or 20 years old. Um, we are um, really, really, and that happens in a lot of the retreats that we preach, um, how people uh, come to you and do a general confession and confess many things, right? Um, later in life, and and they say to you, "Well, I did all this when I was young. Nobody told me, right? Uh, or they say I didn't know, or I had some idea, and, and I didn't know that it was that bad, right? And they feel uh, kind of terrible about the things they did." Um, and, and the grace of God redeems and gives a lot of peace and grace and 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 healings in healing, right? Uh, but here you see how uh, the formation of the conscience is a continual task, right? Uh, and it's it's an obligation that every Catholic has to continuously form the conscience, especially when there is doubt about things, right? Right, and that and also that feeling bad that you said they felt bad about the past that they things they did and they didn't know and they wish they had known mm -hmm. but they're happy now that they know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so even though there's a sorrow there's tears for the evil they have done they're happy that finally they know and they can do something about it and they they can repent and they can ask God for forgiveness and and do penance and also encourage others to know the truth mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes and there is something important you mentioned earlier that um i mean we need we uh, owe obedience to the church, to the teachings of the church. Sometimes, sometimes there is an unhealthy spirit of um, autonomy, independence, that 
makes us feel that we are our own law, right? Or we um, lead our lives according to our principles. And that is not the spirit of a Catholic, right? The spirit should be the one that, uh, a spirit of submission to the path marked by Christ through the church. Right. right, the opposite is the spirit of Satan and and, mm-hmm. and the Garden of Gethsemane and the Garden of Eden. Right here, mm-hmm. when he told Adam and Eve, "Oh, you can you can take the the fruit. There's no problem. You'll mm-hmm. be like gods. You you'll be deciding good and evil." Yeah, and it, it's uh, you were mentioning Christmas before, right? And I think that um, before Christ, there was a lot of ignorance. So men, even though we have this gift of um, a conscience in our nature. Because of the, the original sin, there is a problem of ignorance about truth and about good. And you can see that the, the world, uh, on its own, on its own strength, on its own reason, will live in ignorance. Uh, and that is why God sent his son, Christ, to be born among us to teach us the way, to teach us the truth, to teach us the good, right? Uh, and that is what we celebrate in Christmas, right? We celebrate God being born uh, to show us the path of good, the path of salvation, the path of love. Um, So we have a very clear um, sign, a very clear model, uh, uh, a very clear teacher who is Jesus Christ. uh, And we need to form our consciences according to his life. Right. So he is the the model. Um, and and it's very easy for us. So, somehow it is easy, right? If we do it on our own, it's difficult. But if we follow Christ and we see him and we contemplate him and we see him and we, yeah, we follow him, uh, it becomes easier. So we, we can choose uh, for certain uh, what is good and, and what is the most good, right? Right, right. And now one thing that um, at the same time it happens frequently is that the principles that you just shared are true and clear, and it seems simple, right? So you just have to follow the will of God. But sometimes it's difficult in the practicality of every day how to choose correctly. So I was thinking about some just general suggestions um, that can help at the moment of making a decision and follow your conscience, right? And how how to make a good decision. So um, the first thing is the general rule that we should always follow the judgment of our well-formed and certain conscience. By certain, we mean like sure, right? Certain conscience. Also, we should try to form our conscience according to that law of God that is Jesus Christ so that our conscience will be illuminated by the truth precisely revealed by Christ. Hmm? Uh, Another thing um, that is very helpful to keep in mind when you have to make a decision is to stop and think. Give yourself time to think and see whether the choice that you want to make does not oppose the commandments or the teachings of the church. Uh, The Catechism gives also a a general rule that is simple, very simple, to have in mind the golden rule. Whatever you wish that men would do to you, so do to them. Another principle that is helpful sometimes when there's doubt on what is the best course to take is to think, what would help me get to heaven? Right, if I do this or I do that, which would help me better and others help me and others get to heaven more uh, directly? And another 
principle that I would like to add um, is when in doubt, not to act hastily, right? Not to, act, not to act hastily, because when we try to hurry up a decision, sometimes we make the wrong choice because we were in a hurry, right? So on the contrary, give yourself time to think, to pray, if possible, and to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. And if time is available, even to ask for guidance from some wise and spiritual person, right? Sometimes a priest or a, or a, like grandma, you know, <laughs> grandma has always words of wisdom. I remember when I was a kid, grandma had always words of wisdom to give me. And uh, it helps, right? If, especially if they're well-formed people, right? So these are just some ideas. Um, so now that we're getting closer to Christmas, I thought I should ask you, uh, and you spoke about, you touched upon the, on, on the issue of Christmas and how Christ comes to illuminate our consciences, right? Uh, what are your thoughts about about uh, how to live Christmas in a better way? Um, well, first, first thing, form your conscience. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, first thing, I think. Study a lot. Yeah, study a lot the catechism. Um, well, focus on Christ, right? Focus on Christ, um, and the way to do it, I think, is um, going through the sacraments as always, right? So I think it's time for a good confession. Um, first, um, more. Maybe more in depth, or maybe um, kind of more meaningful. Yes, yes. Stressing the aspect of um, sorrow, or stressing the aspect of um, thanksgiving for being saved by Christ. Right, knowing that that forgiveness that comes to you um, is uh, given uh, gratuitously by uh, the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, of course, going to Mass, right? We have beautiful liturgies, the, the antiphons, the readings, the prayers of the liturgy, especially of Mass, are beautiful these days. And I would recommend, if you can, uh, go to Christmas Eve Mass and also to uh, Christmas Day Mass. There are two different Masses, two different set of uh, readings and, uh, and antiphons. So, um, and if this, you can... And this particular year, by the way, 2023... It's a little tricky That's because right. they're back-to-back right. back with Sunday. So yeah. the fourth Sunday of Advent is one day, the 24th, and the 25th is Christmas Day. So you have to go to two Masses, one for the Sunday and one for the 25th. Anyway, so that's just a parenthesis. Yes, and just uh, some parishes, what, what they are doing is to have the Mass for the fourth Sunday of Advent is on, the, on Saturday evening, evening or Sunday morning. Right. Right. And then Sunday evening is going to be the Christmas Eve Mass. And then on Monday, of course, Christmas Day Mass. Good. And then after, once we celebrate Christmas, then we forget, forget about it? Or what? should we also continue celebrating Christmas? How is that? No, it continues. You know, the other day we were talking with the community here, how there is this kind of uh, not nice tradition of people taking away lights and decorations the, the, day, the day after, right, the day after Christmas. And of course, Christmas continues at least for 12 days, right? Right. Um, and then you should continue in the spirit of Christmas, uh, trying to dedicate time to prayer, to wonder, adoration, thanksgiving, to asking the Lord for graces. Um, and, and, you know, the day, the octave of, of Christmas, every day of the octave is as the... Um, day of Christmas itself. So right, and the joy there—it's not—it's not the joy of just being with your family or just uh, having beautiful uh, decorations, but the joy that comes from knowing that Christ 
has come to this world to save us, right? And that through the celebration of the Mass on Christmas, he is actually being born in our hearts. And he brings us his gift of, of grace, of love, and, and true, true peace, not just mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. human passing peace, right? Mm-hmm. A true interior peace that comes from God. So, yeah, I would encourage everyone to try to center on those things and, and as, above all, to give time to prayer and adoration before the Blessed Sacrament because that's the constant reminder that Jesus is with us and he was born a child and a very um, defenseless child precisely to show how much he loves us, right? And that's the joy of Christmas. Exactly, yeah. You know, St. Ignatius of Loyola says that uh, this should be a time to have in our hearts feelings and sentiments of uh, kind of tenderness and sweetness and meekness and humility and deep peace, right? That this, Those are all the sentiments and feelings that our Lord uh, brings to us. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Father John of God, for, welcome, for saying all these thoughts. I hope everyone enjoyed this uh, episode today. Next week, we'll be speaking about the new year and uh, the most ancient prayer to Our Lady, which is uh, the Subtum Presidium, a prayer of which there's uh, a record of that uh, has found has been found on papyrus from the third century, so it must have been used already in the second century. So the Subtum Presidium it is a very proper prayer for this time of Christmas. Uh, so make sure you share this content, this episode with your friends, and follow us in your preferred platform. Uh, so hope to see you everyone next time. May God bless you and Father John of God. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Father. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to everyone. <laughs>